0: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: With friend of the show, Josh Booty, former Browns quarterback, and he is on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, Josh. How are you doing? Always a pleasure to talk to you.
2: Hi, Josh.
3: we're doing good. Uh, glad to join you guys today. How are you? How are you guys
1: doing? <laughs> we're hanging in. I'm waiting for the sun to come back in Northeast Ohio. I don't think we've seen it in a while. <laughs> It'd be June. Oh, June. Whoa. Good. <laughs> Looking forward to June. Can't wait till it happens. Um, Josh, let's start off just your assessment of the Browns because I know you've been following along and uh, sure. it's been a really interesting season. We saw Deshaun Watson at the end. So, just where are you on your old team right now?
3: Well. You know, I, I do like the move bringing Schwartz in, of course, to solidify the defense. He he ran, he runs the base three four, a lot of man-to-man stuff, and that's I think that's what Cleveland, you know, needs to run in that division with the, you know, with the type of offenses that it faces, and of course with Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, a full season where he's he's good to go from the beginning will be huge or pay huge dividends. I think for them to be able to take that step forward and try to win the division, that division's gotten really good, of course, with the emergence of, of the Bengals and Burrow, and we all know what they're doing. That's, I think they got the toughest road to get to the Super Bowl this year with having to play some road games here in the playoffs if they if they can try to win these games. But I do think the division's super tough right now. I think Schwartz brings a lot of, uh, you know, energy, uh, toughness, uh, you know, he's been around the league a long time. We know he's been defensive coordinator. He had a stint as a head coach in Detroit. Just a just a football guy, you know, and a guy that that understands the league. I think understands the AFC. You know, he was with the Titans forever. He was with the Bills. Just a guy that knows football and a guy that can can come in and try to try to bolster the defense and and have them playing, you know, up to the standards that that you have to play in that division. I mean, it's a defensive division, right? With in the past history, uh, you know, kind of
2: writes,
3: the rights itself. It's a defensive division, and, and Cleveland needs to step it up on defense. And I hope Schwartz can do that for them.
2: Josh, of anybody we could possibly have join us, I think you have a perspective on this like unlike any other. Uh, Deshaun Watson back for the Browns this year, playing football for the first time in almost two years. Mm-hmm. He, he, I didn't think he would be. I, I, I don't know if rusty is the right word or not. I don't, but whatever it was, he didn't look like he used to look when he was in Houston. We saw some glimpses of it. He was away. hadn't played in two years. You graduated from high school when, 1994, you <laughs> went You went the pro baseball route after being a phenomenal high school quarterback. And then after baseball, you went to LSU to play college football. You hadn't played football in almost five years, right? Yeah. yep. How difficult was that? To, you you picked up a football, something you excelled at, but you had five years of rust. <laughs> what, how, what do you
3: do? You know it, it's tough, even getting back in the huddle amongst you know these these big men, you know up front, especially on the offensive defensive lines, and you know it's a it's a different situation for him. He's in a cold weather environment. The second half of the year, when he did play, he's playing on grass. He's playing outdoors. Uh, in the arenas that he played in in the division and at home. You know, in Houston he playing on turf. It's a little faster surface. It's indoors. It's you know it, it's it's a it's a different environment, right? And so he utilizes his athletic ability and his speed. I was more of a drop back pro style, maybe even shotgun type guy, I grew up in the shotgun four wides and stuff like that. And when I went to LSU after playing baseball um, you know, while I was under center a lot. We were two backs, two tights, you know, one or two wide outs at most. Um, and it wasn't suitable for me out of the gate, probably. I like to kind of be back there engineering an offense from the gun and stuff. And, you know, that's what today's offense is, is all about. I think Deshaun, you know, the offense is, is going to come for him. I think the athletic ability's there. You know, you do grow a little bit older when you don't play for two years, too. It's like, you know, sooner or later, you will lose your Wills. I mean, Russell Wilson, you know, Wills kind of came off this year for him, and he hadn't played well of late. But, you know, you get older, you lose a step. Now, Deshaun Watson's young. I think he just needs to get back in the flow of the game, um, you know, with a team that has a real chance and gives him the ball back. And they get a little run game going, and then you'll start to notice you're only as good as the people around you, quarterback. You'll start to notice that he'll he'll start to peak again. I think that was good for him to get those games under his belt uh, and have a full offseason this year to get prepared for next year because he's going to have to come out looking sharp, looking better than he did, uh, you know, this year. Um, and and it'll be uh, it'll be fun to kind of watch and and uh, and and see, you know, how how well he gets back into the swing of things early in the season because you can't fall behind the eight ball early in the season and get you know, a couple of games back quick, you got to come out the gate rocking. And I think he can do that.
2: He left the game, you know, just from on the field for two years while he was a pro and after having really good success in the NFL. You left after a phenomenal high school career. So I, I think you're probably the period you were down was, was huge for development in comparison to Deshaun. But did you ever think, and if if I don't know if it translates or not, can he be the quarterback he once was? And do you think you ever would have been, could have been the quarterback you might have been had you gone right from high school to college?
3: Yeah, you know, I look back on it and I, I you know, thank God for all the different scenarios and situations that I got to put myself in. But at the same time, yeah, when you when you lose time under center or lose time in a sport, um, it can drastically change, you know, the outcomes of, know how good you can be and you, you you said it you said it best it's hard to build you know i was building my baseball career and then you come back and try to rebuild from the ground up uh, a football career see deshaun has been at least in football um he hasn't tried to switch over you know and play a different sport like jordan did with baseball and play with the you know birmingham barons or stuff like that he doesn't you know he was in football he just I think for him, it's a it's a mental thing. He's got to be able to come back from all the scrutiny, all the, you know, he said, she said stuff, to be honest with you, the big contract stuff on top of that, uh, coupled with, you know, all the rumors that were swirling for forever with him. I think he's just got to find himself again and become the winner that he has, he's always been. And we've seen that at the high school level with him, and I tracked him, you know, at college at Clemson. Uh, with Houston making plays, you know, John Gruden said, man, this guy's like Michael Jordan on the football field. He can do it all right. So he just got to find himself uh, again and not worry about the path. All you can do is, is uh, you know, think about what you can do to make, you know, make it, make it better on, on your teammates really and take the pre- that takes the pressure off yourself. And I think that's what he's got to do is kind of say, hey, you know what, I'm going to distribute the football, you know, if there's guys in his face, he'll make some plays because he's so athletic and just let the game come to him again. I think that's, you know, that was a big hurdle for him this year was to get back in the saddle. Now he's got to go back out and prove that he's one of the best in the league and you know, best in the world.
1: Josh, I wonder if you could just kind of take me behind the curtains here when it comes to the NFL and how things work <laughs> and how good things were. Maybe how the scenarios play out because we're, you know, we talked a lot about Kevin Stefanski, you know, just running the offense and kind of letting the defense be run by the defensive coordinator. I'm just curious what you think is the best scenario and maybe it's, it's different on the, on the person, but to have a head coach that's calling plays on offense and is kind of the offensive coordinator head coach, but not really overseeing the defense and letting the yeah. defense guy run everything. Like what's the best case scenario and how does that really work?
3: Yeah, I, that's a great question. And i me and some of my buddies were talking about this recently at the college level, not the NFL level. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a head coach, that's a play caller, like Lane Kiffin or a Jimbo Fisher, um, you know, an Urban Meyer at Ohio State, um, at Florida. You know, it, it's just so demanding uh, when you have to be the head guy. It, look at look at Sean McVay, right, at, at the Rams. He had everything fall into place two years ago. He got some, some great players to come in as free agents, and he was able to win – uh, a Super Bowl being a play caller, but he—I promise you—he relegated or delegated the defense to a guy that could get it done, and then he just manages situations. You—you you better have, you know, you better have, you better have uh, lots of, I, I guess, uh, leadership capabilities, but also leadership capabilities is not always being like the the dictator. It's it's you know letting your guys. Uh, perform and that's the staff at different things that you're not um, you're not the best at right and he's a, he's the a best play caller in the building but he's not the best defensive coach McVay, I'm talking about so he he allowed that and they had the right players around uh, to win a, a, a championship but it's very very difficult to keep that going because it's so demanding to come up with a script, a game plan, uh, the different things. I played for Saban at, at LSU, and it brings back a lot of memories, uh, the question does, because Jimbo Fisher ran the offense, Saban ran the defense. I didn't see Saban until the very end of practice being an offensive player because he was coaching his butt off on the defensive field. Until he came to team, I, would see, I wouldn't see. I would see Saban. And I think that's – he believed in Jimbo and what he was doing on the offensive side of the ball. And I think if you have that mentality as a head coach, you could do play calling or, you know, be a coordinator at the same time. Um, and sometimes these guys are quarterback coaches too that are offensive play callers. They do it all. And that's, a, that's very, very tough. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury tried to do it in Arizona. And, look, you know, he's in Thailand now. Uh, you know, so it's, it's not easy. You know, you have to have a – be a dynamic person – the right leader, and then you also have to have trust in your staff. I think that's the main thing: is having trust in your staff and not trying to overrule too much on the other side of the ball, because you have a huge responsibility on your side of the football if you're a if you're a head coach coordinator
2: guy. Yeah. Did it bother you as a quarterback if you had a a guy calling plays who was you know just say the head coach, not your offensive coordinator? Does that dynamic yeah. matter?
1: Yeah.
3: It, well, you know I've heard some 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 stuff, you know, at LSU because I'm an LSU guy and, and, you know, revert back to those stories with Les Miles or or at Orgeron is, you know, they're not offensive coordinators, but they were trying to dictate, you know, play calls and down and distance situations and different things in the course of a game. And an offensive coordinator that was under them was not very happy with that. And that's kind of the way that I would take it, too, if I'm a coordinator and i got a head coach telling me what to do half the time in those key situations. I'm getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars to make those calls. And you've got to trust me that I know what I'm doing because I've spent more time with my team in in the staff meetings with the players in the, in the, in the player rooms, um, the individual uh, position meetings to know what my guys can do and can't do. And you've got to let me make those calls. And I think as a coordinator, I would want that. I wouldn't want that pulled from me is what I'm saying. If I'm, if I'm getting paid to do that job and some coaches micromanage that situation a little too much, I think.
2: If you had to guess, can Deshaun Watson once again be what he was in Houston?
1: Uh, Yeah,
3: I think he can, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't come easy. I think he's got to get some more games under his belt. I think this off season, being the guy, not having the distractions. Distractions play a huge role in in, in in people's lives, and that's in relationships, and sports, and businesses. You know, all over the world, every day. And if you if you let that seep in or creep in the outside noise or things that that could happen or are happening into your game, that's a big big minus uh, that can happen. Um, and so you know, it's like it's like the, the Giselle Brady thing during the middle of the year. I mean, I, he don't want to deal with that in the middle of the season. And Giselle's probably making it a little difficult on him. He's got to take a leave of absence the week before the season starts to it would deal with attorneys. I mean, that's a lot for a player that's that runs pretty much you know the entire organization from a from a PR standpoint and from being a quarterback's like the CEO. So that's a tough situation. Sean Watson's not any different. He's just dealing with a different. Type of sidetracking, you know, with with what he was dealing with. He got sidetracked, and that can be a huge hindrance for a player's development or a player's, uh, you know, way of thinking or the standard he sets for himself every week because he's over here half the time with his brain, with his mind, uh, you know, having to deal with different things. So I I think that a clear mind will be huge for him.
1: Josh, outstanding stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you, you. We appreciate your time.
3: Anytime. Thanks, guys.
1: All right. We'll talk to you soon. Josh Booty, nice enough to join us right here on Baskin & Phelps on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.